and welcome to episode 23 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. Since we last committed our pearls of wit and wisdom to digital storage, a lot has happened. We've made the last eight of the Fizzy Cup at the expense of Manchester United, by way of small payback for the many injustices of the league game a few days before. Drawn with Swansea in a game that seems so long ago and so forgettable that our ageing brains can't recall enough of it to waffle on the subject for about ten minutes or so, and taken, taken on Shakhtar Donetsk and Liverpool at the bridge more of which later. But the biggest headlines of the last week or so have been reserved for the BBC. Dear old auntie. Not satisfied with harbouring every pervert from Tom's wicked Uncle Ernie to Jimmy Savile and the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, it transpires that the organisation had recently embarked upon a policy of insinuating that innocent men were guilty of similar heinous crimes. In Wales, of all places. Yes, this is a shocking revelation that staff and an entirely unaccountable organisation that we pay for had taken the flimsiest of evidence and internet-based rumour, made false allegations, damaging the reputation of an innocent man, and then run around looking clueless, trying to justify their actions in the aftermath so as not to appear grossly incompetent. And I can't help feeling we've been here before, son. <laughs> <laughs> but every cloud and all that, if the BBC is genuinely looking close to its broadcasters and asking stern questions of those who clearly don't know what they are talking about, but are happy to bluff their way through their jobs every week imparting flimsy opinion as knowledge, we can only assume that Messrs Lineker, Hansen and Shearer are hastening their, hastily preparing their CVs at this very moment. Joining me, as always, to... To ensure our metaphorical onion bag bulges spectacularly, are three gentlemen who would never be caught, never be caught dealing in rumour, gossip, and other such nonsense. Well, they'd never be caught anyway. <laughs> Mark twenty-five. Who is Mark? Good evening. Doctor Blue Bayou. Who is Donal? Good evening. And Grocer Jack. Who is Tony? Good evening. I say evening because I have checked outside. Night has fallen. Excellent. It is dark. Just, just to show fact-checking is key to this whole <laughs> undertaking tonight. Yeah, I'd like to say you wouldn't catch us peddling nonsense <clears throat> by stretch of the imagination. Um, we start with uh, the Liverpool game from Sunday. Um, a, a, a story of many, many missed chances and uh, two points lost. Um, it, it did seem very much like not business as usual, but something that's that's becoming a bit of a pattern recently in the sense that we aren't putting chances away, letting teams back into it when we shouldn't be, and ultimately paying the price. Um, whilst I don't think this is the start of some sort of horrendous blip or downturn, um, there's quite clearly a few issues that need to be addressed, either in terms of the way Robbie's setting the team up in substitutions, or indeed um, players that may or may not be available to him in January. Uh, Mark, you were there, if you would like to kick us off with a few thoughts on uh, the proceedings. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, yes, I was there. Um, actually, I think I might be becoming part gooner, in that I'm not really too concerned about the performance. I want to concentrate on our, on our financial performance and profit and loss, and I think despite what's happening on the pitch, we can take great pride in that. Mm. And we should be discussing our profit and loss. It's just absolutely amazing. If you can't win trophies, at least make a profit. It's kept Arsenal going for seven years. It's good enough for us. It is remarkable. We will touch on this briefly. It is remarkable. We managed to lose 60 million last year and um, made a million a bit this year, which is um, it's quite some going. But then again, I bought a bottle of... Um, a bottle of water and a pie the last time it was, um, I was in the cheap seats because I sat in some expensive seats on um, on Sunday which is very pleasant just for a change um, but the last time I sat in my, my usual cheap seat I think the um, aforementioned pie and a bottle of water cost me about a fiver so I can kind of see where the it's coming from but a yep, um, bottle of water is two quid which is quite expensive mm. but I mean over the last few years I mean 
we've all lost count of the number of games where we just know that the inevitable is going to happen and it's going to end up either a draw or we're going to lose by one goal. So just before half-time, Mata had a fantastic chance, all down to his own great efforts to get into that position. But most unlike him, rather than using technique and gun, tapping the ball, sending the goalkeeper the wrong way, he chose to blast it way over the bar. And uh, it was 1-0 at that point. 2-0 going into half-time, I think we'd all felt moderately relaxed, although two goals isn't always a clear advantage for us. No. Uh, but no, the fact sure. it was only 1-0, I think we all felt, at least I felt at that moment, that we were going to draw 1-1 or lose it uh, 2-1. But I don't want to get too despondent, because, I mean, there, there are so many fantastically positive things about our displays at the moment with the mm. Holy Trinity in midfield. Uh, but when you take into account that we are playing most games this season with only 10 men, because we don't have a proper striker at the club, and, and we'll, we'll talk about strikers later, so, so I won't dwell on it too long, but Torres is wholly ineffective, and Sturridge is equally wholly ineffective. So we are playing without a striker. It's a miracle that um, we ever score a goal. And um, for the first time, actually, I actually sensed a bit of crowd impatience with Torres they have been so much behind him despite the fact he's very very rarely performed for us but you know they keep behind him offering him support trying to encourage him but you could just hear people sort of saying you know I don't think we can take this any much uh, take this much longer uh, they were all wilting um, and also John Terry weren't going off um, we were winning when he was on the pitch we were losing while he was off the pitch and we, we mustn't underestimate the effect John Terry has had on our success over the last eight, nine, ten years, however long he's been playing for us. Um, I mean, I like Cahill, both um, his commitment and, and the way he comes across personally in interviews. He seems a very eloquent and charming chap. Mm. But he does fall a bit short of um, John Terry. I mean, his first touch isn't as good. He can't play with both feet, which John Terry can. And even though he's faster, his positional sense isn't as good. So he's never quite in the right position. And the future with Cahill and Luis as our centre-backs won't be the same for us as John Terry and Carvalho, who were sort of rock-solid between them. They sort of complemented each other perfectly. So, you know, we've got a few issues in terms of a striker. We're a bit dodgy at the back compared to where we used to be. Games are going to be a bit more end-to-end um, -end and exciting in terms of goals conceded, but we have more opportunities to score more with our midfield. Mm. Um, but it is a little bit frustrating at the moment. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would I would agree with that. Um, Tony, your thoughts? I'm uh, I'm sort of I have to say I disagree with one or two of the the comments that Marks just came over. If we just talk about the game, I thought there were passages, I think I put it up on the blog as well there were passage of, passages of play which were um, just utterly beautiful um, and there were times when our players and Ramirez in particular were taking the ball off of the Liverpool players um, as if they were playing five year olds it was it was that simple, um, breaking their moves up, and uh, you know. I, I mean, it has it has to be noted. It, it's probably one of the poorest Liverpool sides we've seen in a long, long time. 
Indeed, not to denigrate, but, not to denigrate our efforts yeah. in what we were doing when it was good, but they they were genuinely yeah. pretty rubbish. I, I mean, I think I can see that I can see what Brendan Rodgers is trying to do with them, and and mm. um, you know he's he's obviously going to be strapped for cash, and he's trying to push through some very good or potentially very good youngsters. Uh, I was quite impressed with the young lad Wisdom, I think his surname was, and um, uh, Raheem Sterling, who is probably a little bit um, pre-Ramirez, you know in terms of being a lightweight but I just thought Ramirez stood, stood he, out for he me he looked like he would he, was, he would weigh about six stones soaking weight <laughs> indeed indeed uh, um, uh, but Ramirez was similar and he seems to have beefed up slightly but with that wiry sinewy look that Ramirez has got he's got some grit and you know he's very hard to shove off the ball apart from the one time when he was shoved off the ball uh, and the referee completely ignored <laughs> that I think we yeah, all remember that little occasion but uh, uh, he was particularly impressive in the first half um I think there is something missing. I think my theory that um, Torres is the new Anelka um, is coming to fruition in that Torres makes runs. He got our first corner. That was very obvious that he was the one who made that happen um, from which we scored. Um, uh, so similar to the Drogba in Bayern Munich, you know, we, we, we hadn't had a corner all game until Torres decided to try and make something happen. So I think we've been a bit unfair. I think I wouldn't be jettisoning him. I think if if he is going to model himself on an Elka, um, then so be it. But I think possibly we should, you know, it would be nice if the someone in the club somewhere said that's what he's going to do, rather than putting him out as this sole striker, which he's patently not up to doing. He does create things. He's been unlucky. He pulled out two very good saves. He should have had a penalty um, uh, awarded on Sunday. I thought he was um, unlucky to be substituted. Yeah, well, um, Gerard clumped him and then sort of stayed on the deck, didn't he? Oh, that was such an obvious, obvious ploy. You know, look at me, I'm injured. Um, mm. So that to deflect attention, I'm surprised the referee bought that because uh, when when you see the playback on it, it was it was a penalty. There's no two ways about it. He pulled him down and. Um, he, he 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 surprised me, Gerard. Uh, I thought he'd put on a few pounds for the start, but not in a mm. kind of Enrique muscle-bound, you know, don't I won't spill his pint kind of way. But um, he looked disinterested. He was, he was a big lad, wasn't he? Oh, he Enrique. Was, yeah, I mean, S- sturdy. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> I think that your big old unit, whichever way you want to call it, but uh, mm. certainly Gerard looked disinterested. There was one point in the, uh, I think it was in the. Uh, it was in the first half where he basically took a shot from where I where, in front of where we sit, Johnny. Yeah, along yeah, that yeah. Kind of along that byline, and it was just a sort of oh bollocks, I've had enough shot. You know, uh, trying to whether it was a cross or a shot, but it was you know it, it, the other Liverpool players were thinking, what was that for? You know, where did that come mm. from? Um, he when he got booked, he just patently knew what he was doing because he'd been mugged a couple of times I think by I think it was Oscar or Hazard it might have been that he took down um, but you know I don't want to dwell on the negatives I thought we played very well I think there is something missing I think Anelka, uh, Torres is the new Anelka I think we are a work in progress and I've said this several times I think it's there for all to see I think there will be some additions and there may be some uh, departures, uh, not necessarily in January. I think that's paper talk and media talk. I think next summer we will sit, and I also think we will qualify for the Champions League and finish about third in the league, and that would be about right. 
and, and if we were modelling ourselves on other teams that have remodelled themselves for success, and this is the biggest one since Mourinho left, let's be fair, this, this is the most radical change of style of personnel and everything, um, then mm. you, know, you take a season out and you say, you know, we'll don't finish with the trophy this year because we're building for the future. I think it's too much to expect a trophy every single year and I'd hate us to become a club that fell into that trap when even... The you know the best team in in England for the last twenty years, Manchester United don't even do that. Um, on the John Terry point, he was good, um, and it was nice to see him back. Uh, it was a shocking incident. I mean, at the time, there was a kind of deathly silence where we were. I thought that was his knee gone. I genuinely thought I d- he was I must out. Admit, I did. I mean, there's there's various sort of stills of um, <coughs> falling on him, and it. The, the way his his knee is bending is, yeah. is not in any way natural whatsoever. Yeah. And um, and whilst it is a bit of a cliche, you know, JT doesn't stay down for yeah. no reason. And he genuinely was no. in a lot of discomfort. But um, I think you know it's, he is thankfully think, still nails, and it, it's according to the club weeks rather yeah. than months. Which but um, I, I'm not, it was it was much noted that the defence yeah. was far better organised. It, it with, was with better organised, but um, we were still... it is without, well, it has been without him. Yeah, I'm absolutely convinced we'd have still con- con- conceded that goal. Tony, you're breaking up, mate. What's happening? Oh, hello, hello. Hello, you're still there? Yeah. Um, hey, I, I'm, excellent. Yeah, I'm still convinced that uh, we would have conceded that goal. Um, uh, simply because it, it involved some body work from Suarez, as we all saw later on. Um, and I'm I'm happy with Kale, and I'm happy with Louise. I think you know things have changed. My my mate who's been going since 1954 um, thinks that Louise is just one of the most exciting players he's ever seen at Chelsea, and, and he says I'll take that any time over you know what we used to get served up even in the days of success. So, so you're coming across like Norman Collier, mate. What's going on? It should be okay. Can you can you not hear me? No, you keep breaking up. Uh, You're breaking up a bit. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll finish it there and uh, move on. We'll shift over to Donal for a a moment or two. Um, You thought you you caught bits and pieces, and uh, well, enough to you know see what was coming, kind of thing. Um, (laughs) Your thoughts? Yes, I had uh, the uncomfortable feeling in the pit of my stomach, and uh, I knew it couldn't be down to the. 93 pound hot pie that you can buy at Stamford Bridge because I wasn't there um, yeah I, I sort of it's Liverpool and I approached the whole thing with trepidation um, and obviously when you look back on what you, you watched there was no point because I saw probably the first hour of the game um, there was no point really where they threatened much at all but with Suarez on the pitch remembering, you know, Johnson's Maisie run, was it last season or the season before, you know, out of nothing. You, I was just waiting for that god-awful moment. But I was impressed, you know, that, that Liverpool had a lot of the ball. They were getting very excited on Sky. It was, oh, look, at 67%. And, you know, then whoever, the Scottish guy who was summarising, I wasn't quite sure it was, um, you know, did point out that, yes, they had 67% of the ball, but done one, done nothing with it, and two, most of that was in their own half. Um, when Chelsea got the ball, they did look, you know, exciting and threatening. Um, but we didn't take the three or four very good chances we had. And it doesn't matter who the team is, whether it's Liverpool or whoever, 
if you don't take your chances on a one nil game, you're always leaving yourself open. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, I had to, uh, I had to go, and I, I couldn't bear to listen to Alan Green on the radio and ter- turned it on. Perfectly reasonable. Turned it on just as, uh, just as they were going through the fact that uh, Suarez had scored. No one mentioned it. Wasn't until a guy who's not a Chelsea fan. A uh, guy sitting next to it at work who is actually a Tottenham fan sat down on Monday morning and said, "How did Suarez get away with the you know two hands into Ramirez's back?" That was the first I'd heard that you know nice. there'd been a, a, a fairly blatant push because I, I didn't see match of the day on the Sunday night and um, from listening to the radio and you know things generally, you just never got the impression there was anything other than a sneaking in at the far post, but. Mm. You know, I, I, I'm sort of with Mark in that I, I don't want to go be anti-Torres. It's not so much that. It's just that uh, I'm conscious that every game I watch now, and maybe I'm overcompensating, but I'm, I'm looking at him and the move always breaks down or seems to break down with him. You know, it's it's that sort of... If Hazard or, or Mata or Oscar or Ramirez are running at players, there's a fair certainty or a fair chance that they're going to beat one or two players. But I have no confidence that Torres, you know, he, and, and funny enough, in the first 20 minutes there on Sunday, he did have a couple of runs where he ghosted past the defender or ghosted past the midfielder to go on to the, the back line. But it, some, I don't know, some, something's missing because. Mm. Things really happen, and um, well, we will um, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. nail the, um, the the striker business down mm. as, but, a, as, a, um, as a sort of a separate thing later. As, as their own fans, I think, admit, you know, they're, they're not looking that great at the moment. But they're missing uh, as the guy who came on the Chelsea blog, who's very you know uh, worthwhile reading, uh, mm. very balanced in his view. As he said, you know, they are missing Lucas, and for a player that. Liverpool fans derided heavily when he first got there. He was, to some extent, holding their midfield together, I think, uh, until he got injured. And they could have done with him on Sunday. You could see that. Um, Yeah, there's no real... And Luis Enrique, I mean, he was... uh, stood out a mile as the best Liverpool player on the pitch on on Sunday. He he was uh, was a fair old handful, yeah. Was he... So yeah, he was uh, he was certainly an impressive player on Sunday. Mm. It's uh, it's just having having sort of a digging through the um, various bits of analysis, um, especially about Suarez. I mean, there's a whether how true it is. Obviously, it's just one of those sort of brief paragraphs in a bit of an analysis of the game. Is that if you took Suarez's goals and assists out of Liverpool, they'd be bottom with two points and no wins. Um, which you know, I think probably says all we um, all you need to say. Um, Although I always think with with things like that, there is a grain of truth in it. Obviously, mm. but uh, there are a certain percentage of those goals that probably another decent striker would have scored. Yeah, it, it is the extra. So it, they wouldn't be bottom, but they'd certainly be struggling in the same way that Arsenal. Miss Van Persie now, you know, and Suarez. They would any team would miss Suarez because he's there's probably that extra thirty percent of goals that you wouldn't have got if he hadn't got them, you know. And then there's probably sixty percent that you get mm. with any decent striker. And, and well, if, um, if if he's as unhappy as he looked when um, when he celebrated the goal and turned around and realised that 
the rest of his teammates had all fucked off back to the centre circle and the um, the other half. If you see the footage, it's it's fantastic. I saw someone mention that. I, uh, he that, that runs, seems runs strange. The and leaps up and down, then turns round. There's simply none of his teammates there. So yeah, I, I mean, you know, he'll probably get pissed off. We'll buy him for forty million quid and turn him into a donkey. But yes. We'll see how we we'll go. come to that. <laughs> indeed, yes, indeed. Um, any, anyone else like to throw in anything on matters of uh, matter of the Liverpool game? I hear substitutions. Sorry. Substitutions. Good point. I thought um, I th- like to like. Picked. Yeah, very much so. It, it's 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 all a bit Oscar. You know, it seems to be Oscar for Moses and. Oh, sorry, Moses for Oscar, and then um, Sturridge for Torres, and it doesn't really seem to deviate from that. Which you'd sort of like something a bit more decisive in the games where you think it's needed. Um, yeah, I'm, I've uh, there is always, I'm, and the Tottenham fans are criticising AVB for the like for like. I, sometimes I, I think, well, if you've got a pattern of play, and, and they're obviously trying to build a pattern at Chelsea. Um, to some extent, if it's not working with certain personnel, it might work with other personnel. You know, I think there's a sort of a myth-type situation building up around certain managers, you know, completely change games, you know, with the brilliance of their tactical adjustments. And in some games, you can point to that happening, but you never hear about the games where... You know, they threw on another four strikers and still didn't score. Or, you know, how many times have we seen people bring on the extra deep-lying midfielder to shore it all shore it all up, I think is the appropriate cliche to use there. Uh, or is it to stiffen the back line? Maybe to, or to see the game out. And the other team goes and scores anyway. You, you never hear about those. And I think there is this thing building up that you have to, if you make a substitution, it has to be something completely different. Whereas to some extent, if you're working on a a, a way of playing, um, perhaps he's within his rights to say, right, well, Torres has done his 60 minutes or 70, he's looking tired or it's not working for him today. I'll put another player on to play the same role because that's what everyone is playing to and he may come up with something. You know, it's, um, I don't think you always have to change no, the, the, the think, tactics completely. If you see I think there's um, there is there's there's certainly an element of that, but I think you know if if Brendan Rodgers I think is 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 a reasonably decent coach and, and has been credited as such by the likes of Mourinho, so you know mm. you're assuming he knows what he's doing, and I think it it just becomes sort of. It, it, once, once, once we've settled into a pattern, you know, it was all relatively, relatively predictable, which is unusual because, the, in terms of you know your creative Herberts behind Torres, they're always you know they're always turning up something a little bit different, and and that's kind of seen us through many games in you know this season. Um, but I, I don't think any of them were particularly at their their absolute best on um, on Sunday, and I just felt it became a little bit stale, and it was. Yeah. They were, you know, we were creating chances, but you know there wasn't anyone on the end of them to to put them away, and it, it just all became a little bit too easy for Liverpool. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think you know. Tony's I mean, right. some people suggested you know take Mikel off, leave Ramirez on his own, put another attacking player on, which you know being at home and so on and so forth. Um, 
Was it? Uh, sorry, Tony. It I, was. I it was just, yeah, I, I, I assumed I, it was. Uh, some, no, it definitely. Some... I, I put it on the blog. I, I, I oh, said right. that I thought you know, with ten minutes to go, I would have been quite happy to have taken that risk rather than ten minutes of you know sitting back. Well, well I, I, was going, I was going to accord that, that opinion with some respect, but as it came from you, Tony, I, I'm quite happy now to go on and <laughs> completely rubbish it. Um, it's all nonsense. <laughs> um, no, I, I think Mikel was getting forward a lot more, um, which, you know, it, it seems to divide opinion as to whether that's a good thing or not. Um, but I think we were certainly pushing forward a, a wee bit more. But their, their fullbacks just cause us, I think, cause us a problem all game um, in the sense that we weren't getting forward as much as we normally do. Um, we should uh, we should obviously throw in a men- mention for Cesar as Piliqueta, who had actually I thought had one of the better games out there. He did. Um, Very good. He looks and steady to me. I've seen him yeah. a couple times now. He looks, you know, he's not spectacular or anything, but he's, you know, defensively he seems. You know, steady and, and quite sound at the moment. I, I must have been watching another game then, because I, I thought he was always out of position and, and a long way away from his man, which is why. Um, who, who's their big, bald fullback? Uh, Enrique. Yeah, that's why he had so much space. And um, when he got forward, I didn't think his crossing was that good. But I mean, I'll, I'll let him off because he hasn't, he hasn't played enough games yet. But uh, he's got to improve on that, I thought. Well, I thought he, he shut Sterling down quite effectively. Um, didn't he? Wasn't yeah. Sterling pushed out there, and he yeah. he sort of seemed to keep him fairly quiet because, to some extent, Sterling was his responsibility. Enrique was the responsibility of whoever's playing in front of him. In Strong. that sense, um, I, yeah, may I, I, I thought he, I thought he was quite steady in that they didn't seem to get that much joy down that side of the. Well, they didn't seem to get a lot of joy while I was watching it at all. But you know, well, we um, we should. There's, there's always the. Um, I think it's in Luca Vialli's book, the theory that the right back's the worst player on the pitch. Because <laughs> you know, actually, was it, was it Jack Charlton who said that? I can't remember, but that's generally the theory. But <laughs> it's quite a gulf between players there. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just saying, obviously, you know, entirely different, um, entirely different players. But um, yeah, I do, well, we, we will um, we will watch him um, over the course of the next few games, which I suspect he will be. Um, we'll see him in. Um, but yeah, I thought you know he wasn't wasn't doing too badly. Um, have we have we picked the bones out of the Liverpool game? Is there anything more to say other than when we move on to strikers? We'll obviously cover the whole Torres business. And um, can, I, can I just yeah, say one thing? There was something from me as well. I just wanted to throw in, but Tony, throw well, in. Tony, throw in. Uh, I just thought the um, st- stupidity Sorry, of some of our fans. Um, with the murderer's chant that went up. Oh, uh, well, uh, we had yeah. one, one absolute moron in the Matthew Holding Upper who decided he wanted to sing through the silence. He was soon put back in his place. But, um, you know, it defies belief why, you know, after everything that's just happened in the recent weeks that people still insist on acting like fucking morons. If you're listening to this and you did it, that's what I think you are. Controversial well, it, there. <laughs> it did actually, but it, it, I think it actually even got a, a boo or three from Aaron, from what I heard, because I was I wasn't sitting in the usual seat. I was in the East Middle, and it's I heard it coming from Matthew Harding, and I, I'm fairly certain I heard boos coming from the Matthew Harding as well yeah. when um, when it was being sung. Yeah, good. And it was shut up fairly quickly, which yeah. is um, <clears> a good thing to hear. Um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But it's it's never going to go away, and 
whatnot. But um, but I thought the silence was was reasonably well observed. I did. I certainly didn't hear any. Um... Uh, it was only one bloke who did it in our end, and I I think you know we we we're always very respectful and do it. We do it very well. I think you know the bit beforehand with the the forces, etc. I think it went down very well. And I I, I took my ten year old nephew. It's his first ever game of football. And he was oh, right. deeply impressed. Yeah, it was uh, quite an honour to take a young lad to his first football match, you know, and, uh, and, and see his face. I did the old, um, the bit of fever pitch where I walked up the steps with him to so he could see the auditorium and the, the, the ground and the, everything and soak up the atmosphere. Lovely moment. Well, in a, a secular society as we are now. It gets, it gets much worse from here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we are a, a more secular society, of course, you know, the... Young man's rite of passage, you know, in in oldest cultures was in some form of religious thing, wasn't it? You know, uh, albeit uh, circumcision, baptism, communion, whatever you, whatever you like. So now you go to football, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. uh, yes. There's a grant. There's a grant for some sociological study, swimming around in there somewhere. <laughs> I'll knock up a bit later and send off a few units here or there. Fling it into a learning so what, The thing I was going to say was, um, so Brendan Rogers um, has sort of come in for a bit of, uh, not stick, but people have commented on his, his, his comment, which was that um, when asked about was he interested in the Chelsea job, that he, you know, he was interested in building a career, not destroying it. <laughs> and I... Uh, uh, it, it just it struck me as one of those things whereby unless you actually were there and can hear him saying it and understand the context he said it in you know it can sound like you know sort of biting back at a club that you know he he made his early career at mm. or it could be just a very humorous throwaway line which you know let's face it in the wake of AVB you know, most Chelsea fans were sort of holding their heads in hands going, you know... Why on earth would well, you come here? Yeah, yeah you know, and that was a question we were all asking, who's next, because who would want the job? And I just thought, you know, and I'm as bad at this as anyone. Um, sometimes, you know, you see these words on a printed page or you hear them repeated. And, it, you know, it could be just someone with a sense of humour comfortable that he could say that about a club where he... Was still respected. I, you know, I, yeah. I, it's well, one of those things I can see building up in years to come. I, where if I, he was very successful at Liverpool yeah. and then moved on, and someone said, "Well, what about Chelsea?" He'd say, "No, because he once said this." You know, and yeah. mm. when when did he say it, and how did he say it? You know? I, I thought I thought it was him speaking common sense, um, but I've got a feeling it was actually a humorous throwaway in a game, <laughs> uh, a sport that is so sadly lacking in any humour. Uh, these days, um, I think it's it's a shame that 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 kind of <clears throat> smile's gone out of the game a little bit, and and you only have to read or hear the news today about the um, the half-time announcer at Hibernian um, who's been sacked. Oh, he got so sacked. He got oh, sacked. Six. Yes, uh, uh, sacked? Uh, they were playing Dundee, and at half-time, their big, huge rivals in Hearts uh, are in yeah. trouble, obviously. Yes. Um, so he played uh, 10 seconds of a song called I Am The Taxman. I think it's the Beatles. That's Taxman, yeah. Yeah, um, he played 10 seconds of that um, <laughs> to huge amounts of uproarious laughter, followed by Green Day's Boulevard of Broken Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's been it sacked. Shows, shows but, a certain degree of humour. Of course it does, <laughs> absolutely. But it wasn't even a local derby. And, I, and no, for no. me, that just, not only sums up you know, football, it kind of sums up society that you know people are offended by yeah. the most fucking ridiculous, stupid things, like they're four years old in a school playground and run off crying, and the poor guy gets sacked. And so if you're listening, anybody from Hibs, you're morons. He's, that, that bloke should have been signed up for longer. I wish we did more of that. Yeah, uh, we're sitting here as, I don't know how many of you are at the uh, Capital One, you know, cup or whatever it is, um, and, and had to sit through the Angry Birds half-time. Oh, I, yeah, no, I, 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 think, I think we should maybe save a minute at the end of the, you know, but if, if people are being sacked... That's what that's what they should be sacked for. Exactly. Yeah. We'll move on. I, I, mean, I, I, I personally, I, I, I boycott the League Cup in general. Obviously, massively hypocritically in the sense, if we go to Wembley, I'll obviously be there. But um, I, I, as a competition, I just wish it would sort of fuck off and die. Personally, I, I, it irritates me, and it, it's just fixtures that we probably don't. It need. was quite a good it's night. Just, I mean, uh, oh, yeah, no, just okay. off, it was a good night, and it was the whole end was full of of uh, Manx and. Flares. They were throwing flares on the pitch. They were setting flares off in the stands. There was one of them ran on the pitch and got off again without being caught. There was all sorts going on, and you know Chelsea's response to this sort of um, show of strength by Manchester United, you know, to to show what a club we are. You know, we're we're a big club too. Let's have Angry Birds up on the screen, and whoever applauds the loudest out of them or us. You know, wins the halftime entertainment. Oh, oh it was, dear Lord. It was, oh, dear old Lord. I can feel my sphincter muscle tightening as, um, <laughs> as, as we speak. Um, MK Dons are 3 1 up to against Cambridge City in the, the FA Cup with Budweiser. Um, seeing as, you know, the FA Cup will be upon us soon, so I suppose we better get start getting, getting, getting used to the, the concept of the FA Cup. I think are they, are they due, could they possibly meet Wimbledon? Is that the? Uh, I, yes, I think AFC that's, that's, that's a possibility. I did see a photo of someone with a, an MK Dons and Wimbledon friendship scarf, which is you know, <laughs> which is possibly taking the concept of the you know that is gone gone out there and come back again, hasn't it? You know, that's postmodern in, in in the extreme. Yes, there was a, there was a gentleman wandering around. Um, one of the pubs on um, on Sunday selling Chelsea and um, Chelsea flags with with a poppy on, which um, obviously no one asked whether any money was going to the Royal British Legion or not. But um, anyway, you know, that's just just as an aside. Um, so that was Liverpool. Um, it leaves us uh, where are we? Are we third now, a point behind City and two behind United. Or something? I can't believe yeah, it's, it's, we've it's dropped two seven points in in three games. Yeah, it's 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 basically two points in nine. Um, West Brom on Saturday, which um, you know they're well, frankly, four points behind us in. Um, where are we? Yeah, four points behind us in fifth on goal difference. Um, and uh, and playing very well, so that's probably going to be a reasonably tricky game. And then after that, it's the um, a trip to Turin and the visit of, um, of City to Stamford Bridge, which um, um, that's that's three tricky games. Wasn't West Brom where AVB's wheels really started to come off last year with a one? Yeah, that's out there. And and I, th- and I believe the birth of the Podding Shed. Indeed. I was. think it was. We, we must be approaching an anniversary. Well, no, we're not actually. No, it's February, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we ought to start planning because obviously, yeah, true. They're only they're only 
very few venues in this country, or I assume we're restricting it to this country, there are only very, very few venues capable of holding the annual Podding Shed Dinner and Dance, the, you know, to the sort of quality we expect. Well, absolutely. There's a scout hut at the bottom of my road. And, and can I rule out that place where they have the darts before we start? We're not going there. Carry on. Listen, to be perfectly honest, if there's a meat raffle beforehand, I'll be happy. So, uh, um, so uh, any of us can remember, um, Shakhtar Donetsk, um, we won 3-2. Moses part of the defence. Obviously, you've got to have a Moses parting oh, gag in there. Something. It's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? Everyone does it, but frankly, you know, it yeah. would be rude to. Um, anyone was there, throw your before pen thing, because I've seen absolutely bugger all of it from the girls. Um, I was there. It was a, I thought it was one of the best games, of, you know, in terms of football. Uh, just enjoying passing, moving, all that type of stuff um, in a non-Barcelona sense that I, I've seen for a, a good while. It, it was um, obviously they're a very good side. We were perhaps slightly fortunate with the goals we got in that the goalie, you know, tried to clear a poor back pass. It bounced off Torres and went in. Then we had the <coughs> superb Oscar goal when again the goalie. It was a decent clearing header, and had his midfielder got his head to it, would have you know pushed it on out of danger. But you know Oscar did uh, really well. But again, you know slightly fortunate to to get that chance. And um, our third goal was in the very last minute of the game from a corner. So unlike Donetsk, we didn't actually create our goals in in free play. Uh, and the two Donetsk goals were an exact copy of each other and very, very similar to the Man United uh, two goals uh, only uh, a week before in that they, they drove down the, the right-hand side, cut the ball back to the six-yard line where <coughs> the man with the most fabulous hair in football was there to uh, to slot it home on, on two separate occasions. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was... Um, it was a cracking game of football. I thought we, you know, we did well. It was a, it was a, a game we had to get a result out of, and I, yeah. was, I was actually thinking, you know, if we can get a draw, I know it's not really what we need, but let's get a draw and, and see what else happens. So it was a real bonus to to win it. But you know, a, a decent team performance, and it yeah. does coming on top of. I know again, it's the the Capital One Cup and one could say if uh, they could generate <coughs> anywhere near the amount of interest from the fans that the sponsor of the thing charges you know there'd, there'd be millions watching it but uh, again you know they, they fought and kept going and, and got a last minute goal and then went into extra time so despite the problems that we saw on Sunday and maybe at Swansea there is a a core sort of belief in the team, I think. This is degree it's all very, about it. It's all very encouraging. And, um, you know, long may Moses keep popping up and, and scoring goals, which will enable us to carry on coming up with ridiculous biblical references. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I defy anyone to get Deuteronomy in anywhere, but uh, I think I, <laughs> I did marvellously well the other day to get Ezekiel in. But I can't, I, I, I like, I can't I like, now remember I, how I did it. But. Yeah, I do like, I like Moses. I mean, he, he, he could have been such a basket case, but he isn't, is he? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> get out. <laughs> oh, the coat is on. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't see it, but I'm holding up a yellow. <laughs> You're <on> a warning. <laughs> Uh, he does. Uh, he has got a tendency to to rush around the place. <laughs> right. Okay. That must be a similar yellow. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I haven't even got the energy to hold the card up. To be <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark, your thoughts. Um, well, I'm just grateful that we got away with it in the end. Really. Um, mm. I mean, I, I thought a draw probably wasn't going to be enough. And it meant we were really under pressure, like we were last season during the campaign. I think the fact we got a win means um, we can't completely relax. But um, you know, if the if the result goes well between Juventus and Shakhtar, then um, our home game against the um, Danish, because I can't pronounce their name, so I'll call them the Danes. Um, you know. It's all all sort of back in our hands. So it was a very, very important last-minute goal. So I think everyone was feeling a little bit despondent at that point, even though it had been an exciting game. Um, but we got away with it in the end. I mean, their best player, uh, William, um, we, we seemed to leave him alone. We just gave him the um, keys to Stamford Bridge. He just wandered all over the place, scored two goals. And, and, and you, would have thought, you, know, you would have thought, if he is their best player, we, we could have got a little bit tighter to him bit too respect, respectful maybe we are going to sign him in the new year and, and, and we're under orders not to kick him don't want him damaged don't affect yeah. his medical um, can you imagine yeah. the team with, if we get Fellaini as well Fellaini him David Luiz and I would have to buy, buy Asso Cotto as well I would assume and Colaccini can you imagine that we'd need hair, an on-site barbers at Cobble wouldn't we really? the, the, the hairdresser's heaven we'd be known as then Anyway, sorry, Mark. Carry no, on. no, no. So overall, um, you know, a very, very good result. Mm. We got away with it. I think that that leaves us. Um, if we if we draw in Turin, then we just need to beat the Danes at home. I say just. I mean, obviously, not, nothing nothing simple at this level. Um, but even without that, if if Juventus draw against Shakhtar, I, mm. I think it makes it all relatively um, easy. Although we we have the potential to cock it up against the Danes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. There is a situation, isn't there, where we could end up um, subject to a, a sort of carve up between Shakhtar and Juve because they've got the last game, haven't they? I think. Well, uh, no, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll so, yeah, they can play out a meaningless draw, both qualify at our expense or something. It's, it, it can work out like that. But Oh, uh, right, okay. Well, yeah. that's interesting. So another, uh, Aus- ooh, another, o- another Austria oh. versus Germany, I think. It, you know, that's yeah, but I don't think you'll find an Italian team trying to fix a result like that. No, no, no. Never, never. You're way above that. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, yes. it's um, yeah. From, from what I saw of it, the, I, I, my, my issue with the team at the moment is is that with the ball we can look absolutely sublime. Without it, we can look absolutely bloody horrible. And, and Shakhtar proved it because they carved us open on far too many occasions and just simply had too much room. Um, mm. For fans of um, things other than Danish football, as we mentioned, the Danes, it is worth, of course, 
you know, people who like a good knitted jumper and so on, the killing is coming back, I think, in the next week. Oh, so just, uh, you know, I, I, the beeb is going to disappear, so someone has to provide some sort of public service, and I'm, I'm taking that on my <laughs> shoulders. So I'll just public service <clears throat> information bulletin there for fans of Danish crime detection. If the BBC fiction. is is going to be carved up and um, the licence fee is being offered around, I think we should probably apply for a few quid, you know, just right. to... So if we are providing a public service. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's time we got out of this shed and onto a sofa. Mm. You know, I think we'd all look quite good. Ah. I have slightly over-tight shirts and, uh, you know, uh, love handles and so on, sitting there on Saturday evening. I think that's products. the kind of remark that caused problems at the BBC when someone suggested, <laughs> let's get out of here and get onto the sofa. That's where it began. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I just I don't know, there's nothing else for me to say about the Shakhtar game except I thought it was um, a typically a typical premiership finish to do that in the last minutes of the game I just, I'm not sure they kind of expected it well, they obviously didn't otherwise they would have had somebody on Moses but uh, um, we seem to be quite masters of the art of getting that last minute equaliser or goal or whatever um, I it was difficult was... to mark though because he, he can rise up quite high Moses yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dear, oh dear. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, running out of cards, frankly. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, get, it's, getting, <laughs> it's getting worse. Yeah. Um, well, you could always use some um, coloured tablets of stone, maybe. Coloured? I, I, I don't think they were coloured tablets, were they? Oh, no, no, but he needs yellow and reds, doesn't he? You see. Yeah. Oh, I thought Mark Lampenberg was here for a minute. Um, <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Uh, sorry, I, the, the humour is just really poor tonight. I, I, I apologise in advance. Well, I'm, I'm not sure yeah. our public are expecting anything else. I oh, didn't know. It's probably true, actually. It's, 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 it's part of the course, really. Um, I think I think we should ask him actually whether he is expecting, or maybe is she, the one person who does ever listen. We'll carry our, on. Our audience. Um, God bless him, her, them. Um, <laughs> Right, I, I, we're really off the strand now. Where were we? Shakhtar, right. Um, I think that probably covers it. Um, in terms of um, being a little shonky in front, or a, a little shonky in defence, um, we kind of tightened up a little bit against Liverpool with Terry back. Um, he's going to be out for a little while. Um, we're not entirely sure, because uh, Lewis was allegedly out with uh, with some sort of throat infection on Sunday. Um, so you, you're sort of talking him, Ivan, and Cahill. Um, and I don't... Does Robbie really know what his preferred centre-back pairing is in Terry's absence? I'm not entirely certain he does, but... Um, Ivan was a bit dodgy at centre-half, I thought. I d- I really his passing was very off. Yeah, I really like Ivan as a player, and um, you know he is much popular amongst the fans. But for me, he he's a little bit—he's not a right back, and I don't think he's quite as good a centre back as as either he or people think he think he is. I, it's possibly a little controversial because he's a popular. <coughs> Does he still play there for um, for Serbia? Uh, I don't know, to be perfectly honest. I, I I've not caught their um, caught them in action for some considerable amount of time um mm-hmm. but yeah I, i'm questioning uh, louise you know i tony has, has launched many a staunch defense on the blog and some of which I, I think he you know he is getting a lot of undue stick but there are moments when he does sort of set the teeth on edge a little bit um 
sometimes you know quite thrilling to watch other times actually quite frightening but um i'm, I'm not entirely certain that you know it's like you, you touch, i think you just touched upon Donald that um, you know the, the days of, of, of Terry Carvalho kind of perfect balance and um, and stability are, are are gone because I think that was the boy Glover. I, I'm always I'm well up for taking credit for anything sensible, but I think on that occasion it was the boy Glover. Uh, but yeah, I think um, uh, guilty yeah, as charged. So, JT is obviously. Um, Towards the end of his career, but you know, certainly. I'm not. I'm not sure it's down to individuals. I. I, I think it's the team as a, as a whole, as a, as the way we play. Um, there are times where we seem to be on our toes, get very close to the ball, get very close to the players, close the ball down quickly. You know, step into the tackle, and then there are other times where we seem to stand off. Now, whether that's a conscious thing or just one of those. You know those indefinable things about football that <clears throat> mean you can never quite predict exactly what's going to happen. I'm not sure, but there are times where we seem to be anticipating and you know closing down the space and the ball quite effectively. And then there are other times, as against Shakhtar, where teams just appear to wander through us. And I'm not sure that personnel. Yes, there are people making specific mistakes in specific at specific moments, but people do that all the way through football games, and I'm not sure that, you know, Cahill, Louise, Ivanovic, without Terry, are that much poorer than other combinations of players that other clubs have. I, I see it more as a, as a sort of team set-up thing, and I still think that <clears throat> Di Matteo's still got to work on this balance of how we have this attacking line-up, but also... You know, protect ourselves defensively a bit more effectively. Particularly, the, the, it seems to be too easy to get at the back four mm. on many occasions. You know, we seem to tuck the fullbacks right in, so yeah, that there's always space outside. Flanks, I think yeah. that's, um, that's but we have this thing, and, and it's been there for under several managers now. And perhaps it's the modern way in football. I haven't, you know, done uh, any sort of coaching. Uh, at all, but we seem to keep our full-backs right tight next to the two centre-backs and leave that space out there and then go and close it down. And it just, teams seem to just overload with two or three players knowing that by the time the full-backs sprinted out, the midfielders come back, they've got a little triangle set up and they can cycle the ball around until one player gets free and it, it seems to happen game after game, but... I suppose they know what they're doing. I don't. <laughs> I think it's also, kind of, you know, on that, that whole <clears throat> defensive thing, Cahill and Louise haven't played an entire season with each other. Um, uh, it's neither as Cahill and uh, Ivan, or mm. Ivan and Terry. I, I think we're looking back at, you know, old Percy Carvalho had his moments as well. Um, mm. uh, you know, he was, he was a bit of a liability. He, he he wasn't short of a red card or two in him, was he? I would never, I'd never use the term liability no, when talking about say, uh, yeah, Mr. Carvalho. Yes, he had his off days like they yeah. all do. But, but I think, you know, you know, oh, I, I pointed we'll, out, come, we'll come to blows here. We'll come yeah, to blows. Yeah, but I pointed out the other week, you know, the, the, the sort of some shortcomings of Louise when he goes over and the, the ridiculous Hanson picking him out for putting his hands behind his back and then a minute later, you know, 
pulling him out because he had his hands up and the bloody ball hit <laughs> his hands. And, and the fact that he, he ran over to that position because we were completely, and you pointed yeah. out, we were completely left backless, if you mm. like, for the first two against Manchester United and similarly against Shakhtar. So Ashley Cole went missing against Man United for the first two, and poor old Ryan Bertrand was absolutely run ragged. Probably, uh, it's probably a fantastic experience for him, but he was absolutely run ragged against. But again, other people would say to you that the fullbacks appear to go missing because they're always having to cover two. Yes, you know, you either go to the ball or you hang back. If you go to the ball. Someone drifts by you, and you look like you've you've but, completely missed it. Yeah, I think if you look at you know, is there another defence in the in in the Premiership that's better or worse? You know, there's plenty of, are probably worse than ours. That, that's actually that much better. Is there anything that's ever going to compare to the uh, you know? And don't forget, before Carvalho, it was Terry and Gallus, mm. and they, where they were as solid as a rock as well. And I just think, you well, know, yeah, they, they had that big long. Run of you know, yeah. ten or eleven games. Well, I think that was that was Gallus's downfall in the end, wasn't it? He didn't want to go back out to left or right back or where mm. he was shoved. Mm. And I, I, you know, it's it's not. A, I don't have a problem with the fact that you know. I, I, <laughs> Those I, I, are the Bakaleli years uh, as well. You've got to, absolutely. You know, well, and that's not to denigrate either Ramirez no, or Mikel. I mean, no, was a so the two things I'm saying is is that in actual fact, <laughs> you know, we we've probably been spoiled in the past. I think Cahill and Louise will learn, and they will learn each other's game as they go on this is, goes back to this work in progressing and also uh, I just want to say this there was an I, I, I put it up on Twitter you commented on it Donald the, the bloke who rang in and said you know we need to go back and Mikel's no good and we need we've never had a Makalele again and all this sort of rubbish it was you know we're not going to get that again this is a different kind of situation now and you know it's, it is better to watch but it will mean we're more vulnerable at the back but no more vulnerable than Arsenal. No more vulnerable than Manchester United. And, you know, I think the other thing worth pointing out is that Terry always plays on the left side, and as Mark says, he's he's decent with both feet. <coughs> he always plays left side. Always did when he was with Carvalho. It was you know Gallas, Carvalho, whoever always plays right side. Um, it may be just an impression. I may be wrong. Luis seems to prefer to play on the left side. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah. Cahill seems to. Now, Cahill plays right side mainly because Terry plays left side, I think. But then when he plays with Lewis, he plays right side. But would I be right in thinking that he does prefer the right side and therefore on Sunday he moved to left to accommodate Ivanovic when Terry yeah. went off? You know, that sort of... It does affect players, doesn't it? Some players are much more comfortable. You know, Ferdinand always plays the right side of a defence, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, it's my impression. I may be wrong, but that's the impression I get. You know, the centre backs do a lot of them have a side that they play, and if you've got the wrong mix because one one is injured, it can seem to create a bit of havoc. I mean, we always overcame it in the past by, you know, whichever centre back went off, we just replaced him with Jose Basingua, who then kept a clean sheet. But now we're not in a position to do that anymore. Um. Hmm. That was greeted with a deafening silence. <laughs> no, because I, I, we, I, thought, I thought we had strikers on topics. <laughs> we asked, well, yeah, no, we, I didn't realise that we did a parallel universe where that actually meant defenders, that's all. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I think... Um, I, I'm, I'm amazed that, that no one went for the, the obvious um, why isn't Terry out on the far right gag, but, you know, we're uh, past that uh, now. Uh, um, and, and, they, and, uh, and you, 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 you used all our cards as well, Johnny. 
Eh? You've used all our cards. I know, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's all over with now. Yeah. Um, we will, um, on, 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 on the subject of um, racism in Chelsea, because let's be honest, it's never far away these days, um, the police have decided they're not going to charge Mark Clappenberg with, um, with any offence because there was um, apparently there was no complaint and no victim. Um, I've, I've yet to actually sort of sit and delve through the report, so whether whether that statement is entirely accurate, I have no idea. Um, but it was, I think this was the complaint that was made by the Society of Black Lawyers, Peter Herbert, or whatever his name is, um, and nothing more will be done about it, so, which is probably a good thing. If, if the FA are going to be left to deal with it, then at least it avoids everything being trawled through courts and, uh, and God knows what. Um, that's just my opinion. Other opinions are available. Um, the FA are due to make up their mind this week, aren't they, as far as I'm aware, as to whether charges are um, are forthcoming for anyone? Uh, yes, I think uh, they were supposed to finish the investigation by the weekend, last weekend, weren't they? And then this week they would be <clears throat> going through all the uh, all the evidence and making up their minds mm. and probably parking half of it in a cupboard and forgetting it's there and then having to scramble around and find it again. Mm. Things like that. After witnesses have de- been deposed and so forth. Yes. Um, now, I, I, did, I read on Twitter, which obviously comes with the caveat that it is full of lunatics, um, mm. that Mark Clappenberg is, is back in whatever form of referee training he does and um, will, will be on the list again shortly. Now, whether that's preempting or whether it's nonsense, I have no idea. But um, it's anyone's guess, really. I the whole Ferrari seems to have calmed down a little bit and there was sort of an interesting change of tone from a, a couple of the hacks last week. I think Sam Wallace in the India at least sort of said that surely we must all realise that Chelsea had absolutely no choice but to make a complaint about this at which point at least a few people went oh yes of course. <laughs> Yeah, and no, I think the Bruce Buck, Bruce Buck being interviewed by the Evening Standard, who you know hardly you know waves a flag for for Chelsea very often, um, would tend to suggest that they're doing their best to you know try and get this into the public domain. That <clears throat> irrespective of what happens, this was a procedural issue rather than a we're very fed up. We're going to teach a referee a lesson sort of nonsense, which a lot of people would peddling in the immediate aftermath you know that irrespective of what the findings are as a club they they had the obligation to to do something and and you know it's all very well for people like Wenger and say to say this can be done behind closed doors perhaps if the Terry thing hadn't occurred it would have been but I think once the the Terry issue was in was in play Chelsea didn't have much choice so we'll just have to wait and see I think what what comes out, you know, whatever happens, uh, people have already made a bit like the Terry thing. I think it's most people have made, made their, mind. their minds. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and, um, uh, it's actually worth worth reading a couple of the quotes. I, I'm not an enormous fan of Bruce Buck. He, I think sometimes he can actually be quite eloquent, but a lot of the times, I think just he, I don't think he comes across terribly well. They always um, say when he's a lawyer, they say he's a. They, they never just say he's a lawyer. They say he's an uh, American trained lawyer. And I'm not sure what they're trying to imply there. 
<laughs> it's not short of a there, there, there is an implication, though, isn't there? You know, as, as, he's a as, lawyer, as, as, as an American-trained lawyer. As a vaguely allied member of the legal profession, there are any number of jokes that I can make. <laughs> I, I, I did wonder whether... You know, like when people write uh, obituaries, you know, and uh, there are these phrases that are used, you know, that on the one hand it makes it look like you're being really nice about a person, but you're actually saying <laughs> that yeah, they were just a phrase. drunken, argumentative old sod. But, you know, it's this American-trained lawyer. Right. Anyway, sorry, carry on. No, indeed. Um, Buck told the Evening Standard, suppose we had tried to sweep this up under the rug and said to various players, look, it's not a big deal and the press are going to be all over us, so you may want to reconsider. If that had leaked out, we would have really been crucified. He added, the press seemed to juxtapose our support, inverted commas, of John Terry and what's going on here and looking at us as being a bit hypocritical. We have to divorce the John Terry situation from this. From our perspective, the latest situation was pretty straightforward. We have an obligation to report what may may be misconduct. We did that in good faith and not maliciously. Pretty much sums it up. I, you know, it, it's it's absolutely right. You know, whether this is um, whether this is proven, not proven, whatever it happens to be. I think it proves he's listened. I think it proves he's listened to the potting shed. Mm. Well, that's what know, we said last time, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Mm. We do dispense legal advice and financial advice if uh, if required for, for indeed. Us. Anyone's well, interested? I mean, as we will recall from uh, Podding Shed's passing, that, um, that that Mark is um, within Bruce Buck's circle and, and probably slips him an MP3 every now and again of um, about thoughts. And um, I suspect he probably pays due regard to. Them. Yes, he's, uh, they're they're often hobnobbing down in Monaco and such places. Yeah. I would, yeah. <laughs> Can I just read something else from the stand? This tickled me pink because it sort of, in some ways sums up uh, the you know we always think of football as a working class sport and you know we now think that it's not quite so working class anymore and there are toffs and there are this and you know did the management ever talk to the players and are there too many foreign players in the game all these things piled in on my head when I read the following um let me see um Clattenburg has not spoken publicly about the controversy, but it is known that he denies Chelsea's allegation. It has been suggested the referee might have used the word monkey, but as a colloquialism, saying to Mikel, I don't give a monkeys. Buck prefers not to comment. The American is not familiar with the phrase. When I repeat it, he asks, is that a good British phrase of some sort? So Bruce Buck, who has spent all these years knocking around the world and in the world of football, Chelsea goes down the training ground, just shows you how few Cockney blokes now play for Chelsea and that he's never heard the British colloquialism, I don't give don't a monkey. Mon- <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. If, if, he, if he has, he's certainly not admitting to Yeah, it. the special relationship. You know, us and the Americans, we're blood brothers. But they've never heard anyone say. Does Dick Van Dyke not say that in Mary Poppins at some point? He must. Oh, blimey, governor! I don't give a monkeys. Or my fair lady, or one of those. Anyway, it just it just made me laugh because I thought, as you say, he's studiously avoiding that because it's one of the sort of suggestions as to why this thing might have blown up, and he doesn't want to comment. But the way that he says is that, is that a good British phrase of some sort. 
Yes. Uh, if, if that is what is said, um, before we um, took the case forward, they did say that they brought in external legal people mm -hmm. to give it the utmost scrutiny to see that we did have a valid case to take it forward. Yeah. So if, if that was a phrase and, and they gave that um, deep scrutiny, whatever the phrase is, yeah. um, it's pretty shocking that they took it forward, isn't it? Mm. I, I, I think this is, his silence and his, you know, pretending not to even have a clue that that was, you know, a phrase that, that he was familiar with would suggest, I think, that, you know, anyone else sitting in there, you know, if Eddie Newton or someone else was around all this, you know, they they would know. If that if that was a suggestion or someone came up with that as a suggested, you know, possible misunderstanding, there'd be plenty of people who who could sit around and say, yeah, that that could be it. And the fact that they would have gone on beyond that would tend to suggest to me that they've discounted that or must have a very good reason for discounting it. But that's only speculation. But, you know, you, yeah, I'd find it hard to think that uh, that, that <laughs> I mean, I, it could well be some sort of misunderstanding like that. But, you know, maybe they've suggested that to Mikel and, and he's dismissed it, saying, you know, in much the way Ramirez is reported to have said that he knows you know, people have said, well, does he speak English? You know, does he even understand? And he's sort of said, well, I've been called a monkey in Portugal. I know what, you know, it's all it is about. You have to wait and see. But mm. I, it was just the way that it's sort of, is that a good British phrase of some sort? Just, you know. The, um, whilst we did, we'll, we'll touch upon this, um, the sort of throwaway line, literally at the end when, you know, Bruce, it's here, Bose, 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 sorry. Apologise for pronouncing his name appallingly. I have no idea um, who interviewed him, and uh, there's various sort of comments about you know John Terry and Roman Abramovich and you know Bucksfield this and Bucksfield that. Um, then stadium plans, um, where you know obviously mentions Battersea, mentions Earl's Court expanding Stamford Bridge, which is very expensive. Blah 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 blah, um, and then we get on to. We thought about sharing with Queen's Park Rangers or Fulham, but we're not considering it because we know how unhappy our fans would be. Mm. Yes. That's As in, that's, that's the way we're going. <laughs> <laughs> so, so get used to it. Ex expect Roman Abramovich and Tony Fernandez, or whose name is to be uh, appearing at a press conference together sometime soon, okay. shaking hands over a polystyrene model of some 60,000-seat mega stadium. A ghastly thought. Um... Fulham I could live with. I just it wouldn't now. be horrific. QPR would be, um, well, like being asked to live in a trailer park, really, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> you're, like being, you're like being touched by Jimmy Savile, frankly. <laughs> I mean, just, oh, no. QPR. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yes, anyway. Um, I, th I think we've probably done Bruce Buck as successfully as we've done everyone else tonight. Um, what we'll do is, um, having spent any number of weeks on the podding shed just talking about the games we've seen, um, we thought we'd just do something a bit different and talk about strikers. Because, obviously, it's quite glaringly apparent that we're in um, in need of one or four at the moment. Um, the transfer window is, is approaching... We should always remember that, actually, in terms of business done in January, a lot of it is never terribly sparkling. Um, Anelka arrived in January and didn't really make much of an impact until the, the season after, because Avram Grant 
well, is on record as saying plainly he didn't want him. Um, Torres, we bought in January for fifty million pounds. I think enough said about that. Um, much talk of um, Falcao for some ridiculous amount of money. Um, difficult. No, we go with this. Um, Tony, your your assertion about Torres being the new Anelka. Uh, the, the problem is. I'll, and I'll kick this one off just just to open up the debate. Um, we don't need a new Anelka. The, the point about Anelka at the time was that we had very little sort of creativity or guile or the ability to slip a ball through in the in the final third. We've got that in spades now. We've got two players who are you know in Hazard and Mata who between them had the most assists or you know the top two players the most assists in Europe last season. Um, we're creating the chances now that we weren't maybe when um, Anelka sort of started playing that sort of slightly deeper, more withdrawn creative role or whatever you choose to call it um, the fact is we've just got no one to put the chances away um, Torres's confidence is well, I, I mean, you know we've discussed this over and over and over again um, you know it's fine for a player to be making runs but you know we've we've got the creativity, we've got a team behind him that's 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 creating more than we've probably ever created as, as a as a side just need someone to stick the chances away and we simply don't have that um Sturridge thinks he's a number nine but no one else seems to think he is um whether rightly or wrongly he's actually going to get the chance to prove it unless Torres's leg falls off anyone's guess um strikers what would your solution to the problem be Tony we'll kick off for you <coughs> Fernando Torres no, was, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> I, well, anyway, we can get away with it now. There's no more penalty cards left. Um, I like Torres. I, I like what he's done recently. He's had one or two head-down games. But, you know, hey, look at Drogba. He wasn't exactly on fire every game. But I do think we do need somebody else. And I'm not a great fan of the single striker anyway. Um, I'm a little bit of a 4-4-2 or... Four one three two or something, whatever it is, you know, you know me in tactics. But um, I like the idea that you've got people up front who will create problems for defenders and you know pull people away from the strikers or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think Radamel Falcao looks fantastic. He, he looks like a bloke who's top of his game. But this is in a is in a different league, and you know. I just think you're always susceptible when you look at the litany of failed strikers that we've had before that he won't settle in and you know I made the point on the blog about Pizarro and Kesman but fair enough they weren't superstar players but Kesman came with a phenomenal bloody record you know the guy was scoring you know a goal every 1.2 games or something ridiculous like that um, oh yeah I mean listen it's, it's, it's it's the classic example of um, of, the, of, of the YouTube scouting movement yeah. that's come prevalent in recent years. People Indeed. Christ on a bike, look at him. He's a goal-scoring riot. This yes, man. exactly. And I, so I, 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 uh, but the it's machine. A, you're, you're always a goal-scoring machine, is the appropriate yeah. cliche. I, I, I prefer Indeed. not to go with the cliche, and I'm going to call him, you know, we'll, we'll use the phrase, he was a goal-scoring riot. A one-man yes. goal-scoring riot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I just take the view that with, with, with strikers, I think you... The, the modern day striker is, you know, there's less and less of that kind of Drogba uh, old style bustling centre forward, if you like it, in that sense. Uh, and I look at Falcao, and I th- you know, I've heard, you know, from a pretty close source that there is already something in the air on the Falcao deal. 
I don't think it'll happen till the summer. I don't think a, a, a Madrid or whatever will let him go until then. Not even on a swap deal. Um, I do think that we would. There are, you know, I still like Jermaine Defoe. He doesn't fit the policy, but you know, if you're going to get him for two years, there's a guy who's, you know, he is greedy. He's arrogant. He's almost as loathsome as Suarez. Um, he's bloody perfect. He fits everything, you know. Um, he's not racist. Uh, that, that may let him down in the end, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> I, I like the idea that it's, the guy. There's no, no flaming crosses with him. No. He, he can't. He can't hold down the, the either under you know Twitchy Harry or AVB. Yeah, he's never he's, really he's failed held down to nail down the number runs. one spot. Has no, he? but you know, and, and number I, nine I, spots. Okay, but well, number one, number nine. Yeah, he has done it this season. He's done yeah. more so this season, but I mean yeah. that's—I mean, it's, it, but again, again, then again, this is probably more AVB than it is Defoe in the sense that you know he scored a hat trick in midweek and then gets, then gets dropped at the yeah. weekend, and it's kind of well. Fair you enough, know, he's a, he's, um, a chippy, he's a chippy character. I'm not—I I would never take that away. He's a chippy character, and it may be that managers like to put him back in his box or whatever. But his goal-scoring record is. It stands on its own. It's very good. It's up there with the best in the Premiership, um, and wherever he's played, he's been a goal scorer. Uh, you know, and he has. Hand, I, I will, I will yeah, interrupt. Um, yeah, the, um, the, the scouser who, who cropped up on the blog, I think it was him, made a very good point that he, he goes. He, he literally has bursts. And, yeah. and I, I would defend Torres in this instance, where you know Torres, yes, he is working when he's not scoring. When Defoe's not scoring, he's just. He always seems to be very, very peripheral. You know, he, he's not your classic sort of team but player. You, it's, it's sort of a bit like watching. You know, there were days when you could watch um, watch dear old Jimmy Floyd. Yeah, and yeah, on his day, he was absolutely lethal. But you had to feed the guy, and he got yeah. better later. But, I thought he got better know, later in his career in terms of being being a little more creative. Yeah. But there were games where you know, if the ball wasn't delivered within three inches of, of where he wanted it, you know, the the, the he gave you the look. Uh, so yeah, you, you, got the look. you get, you get I, the wide-eyed Jimmy Floyd look. Agree more. And I think the foes like that in the sense, <laughs> yeah. you know, he'll he'll get you know Absolutely. six and, and in four tell, games, and you tell and me the disappear. difference. You tell me the difference between that and knowing what Didier Drogba turned up within five minutes of the game starting. Because we all see, no, we used I, to say it quite regularly. You, we knew within five minutes of the kickoff what Drogba we were going to get that day. Were we going to get, or we were going to get the sulky, diving, petulant one that you just wanted to get off the pitch? And I don't think there's anything. Do you know enough about Radamel Falcao to know that he's going to be any less uh, fits and starts than than, than Defoe? That, that's my view. And I'm not talking about Defoe well, long I, term. I'm saying, I'm, that, I'm, you a, know, I'm a, looking, I'm looking at Falcao. You know, hey, listen, I've seen the bloke half a dozen times. I'm I'm not casting any any view on us of how brilliant yeah. he would be or otherwise. But you know, his his goal scoring record is more consistent than Defoe's. That's yeah. but that my would be point. My take on I it, guess but. my point is, and the reason I threw those two names, and I knew they'd cause a bit of controversy or whatever, was you know him and Darren Bent. Darren Bent has got a huge point to prove. Frozen out at Villa, um, hungry. Uh, you know, was until his unfortunate injury uh, looking like he was going to be fairly regular for England and that. And I just think if you're looking for short term, short to medium term, you'd do no worse than have that. A little bit of uh, a kick up the arse for Torres and a kick up the arse for Sturridge until you do work out what your striking policy is going to be. And that, that's it. I don't want necessarily to see another 50 million quid spunked up the wall on a player that comes in that three months later we're already doubting and saying well you know oh god you know this sort of stuff uh, I, 
I, I really don't. <laughs> Ideally, Peter Bamford no, in about two I, years listen, will be I, our man. I, but... I agree entirely. You know, I said this on the blog today, you know, we should, or I should be terribly excited, you know, when... Roman Abramovich is sort of out there and clearly quite keen to sort of, you know, nail down, you know, the, the latest great striker or potentially great striking talent. But it just makes me sigh now. It's just kind of, you know, he, he seems to want to collect strikers like pieces of art, whether they're, whether they're right for us or not. I, you know, I'm simplifying things. I may be doing the, the team, you know, the scouting team and the folk who actually go out there and sign him a massive disservice. They may have been watching him for a year and a half and thinking, yes, he's absolutely perfect. But to me, it just seems, you know, the same with Shevchenko, the same with Torres. Yeah. Is it, it's the one the thing that gets about. The only thing about Frank Carroll, and I share your your worries and scepticism, uh, JD, is that Falcao appears to be at the, the height of his powers. I think when we bought Torres, there was already a worry about the injuries. Same with Shevchenko. Um, and I think that the question there was, we're spending an awful lot of money for a player who may not be able to do it. Um, I think with Falcao... He's obviously a talent. We've, we've seen him firsthand earlier in the season. Um, do what he can do. Uh, I think the worries there have to be one: does he fit with the way we play? Well, he looks like a sort of player who just get him the ball and he'll do something. Um, will he settle in London? You know, the sort of Crespo type situation where the family don't settle. He's happy to stay, but his family don't settle, and. Then there's just the the Robert Fleck syndrome, you know, the the curse of the number nine. But just because we've messed up in the past doesn't doesn't mean we're going to mess up again. I mean, um, in the summer, Oscar and Hazard were very expensive, mm. but they both looked fantastic and looked like they could be fantastic for years to come. Mm. So, on the one hand, yes, you know, we've wasted big money on um, centre-forwards that have gone nowhere, but we have spent money elsewhere that has worked out very well. So, I don't think we should give up and, and, and not keep trying. Mm. Uh, I mean, we've all made purchases, I'm sure. I know that I have, that we um, regret, and we try and justify them. I remember my wife and I bought this bed once, because we weren't happy with our previous bed, and we spent a fortune on it. And we knew the first night we slept on it it was uncomfortable and we spent weeks trying to justify it saying oh yes we, we'll get used to it it'll it'll improve we'll get a um thin top mattress you can put on it we'll change the base we'll do this we'll do that and it's all like torres really where mm. you know we'll change the team around him he'll settle in it'll get better but eventually you have to say this is never going to work out it was a mistake it's been a horrendous waste of money, but let's just get over it and go out and buy a new bed. And and I think that's the position that we're in, to be honest. Although sometimes it's not necessarily the bed, it's just the mattress, isn't it? And I think what we're really looking for in terms of striking power is, is this the striking equivalent of comfort foam. Because, you know, comfort foam changed my life. Well, that's and, the one um, we bought that was absolutely yes. rubbish, to be honest. It just, uh, it just well, pours out in a cold sweat. That, well, that just does it. You see, that just proves the point that we just will never agree on anything. Because com <laughs> comfort foam has made me the relaxed and humorous individual I am. I used to be a pent-up ball of frustration and anger. And now I, you know, I sleep like a baby. 
apart from putting my thumb in my mouth, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. That's... Isn't it a bit soft, though, to sit up in bed eating your risotto? <laughs> I, I, I have an approach to life, Mark, that says, um, as a young man, you know, you can eat crackers in bed and all that sort of stuff. But uh, now at my age, I, I eat at the dinner table. I take supper at the dinner table, and I... Um, I, I use my bed for sleeping. Uh-huh. I'm obviously far too old for anything else. And could I apologise for my earlier reference to a sofa? Because obviously, Chelsea being the class club it is, um, we would all much prefer to refer to it as a couch, I'm sure. Or, you know, one of those types of phrases. Yes, you know. Um, I used quite a common a term in sofa. Yes, I, I used the term sofa, but that was only to try and be populist if you know what I mean yeah, understood um, yeah I think I, the, sorry I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very patient man in terms of players and, and I will you know I will always go out of the way to, to make excuses and yeah find a reason for keeping the bed but Torres it, it's, it's just it's so over now it, it's finished it's done with Thanks for him, you know, he's not slagged us off. He's you know it's just not happened for the bloke for whatever reason, whether it's mental, physical you know, who knows. But I think um it would be whether it will happen in January or not, I don't know, but um, it would just be kinder for all concerned to let the poor lad go back to Spain. Possibly in some sort of clever, you know, cash plus Former striker deal with um, Atletico for Falcao, but you know, but you know there are also there's any number of other names out there. Um, Lewandowski, um, the whole Denver Bar thing always crops up for the simple reason he seems to have this this ridiculous clause that Newcastle can't get out of his um, out of his contract. Where if someone makes it off seven and a half million quid, they've got to look at it. Um, we, we obviously we've discussed on on the blog on many occasions um, the boy who is Daniel Sturridge. Um, he hasn't had a run in the team. That, that's I, my. Yeah, that, it's that's sort of, the only thing that worries me is that he he's played out on the right hand side last season. You know he's done bits he and was pieces. Quite successful. Yeah, but he if if he is a number nine, we're never going to know because we never play him there. And you know maybe there's are good reasons for that. But I'm sure there is a good reason. I mean Robbie sees him every day. Mm. I mean, yeah, if he fancied him, he'd, he'd give him a go. And then he, he did have the, um, the, the uh, meningitis in the summer. He is, you know, probably only really sure. coming back to, to fitness. Maybe, you know, Torres can't carry the season every game, can he? Maybe Sturridge will. I, when he went up to Bolton, I suppose he was playing, was he playing in a, a front two up there rather than on his own, was he? He was playing sort of a deeper role. You know, coming from behind the main striker, was he? He was playing behind. Um, Davis. He had a few options there, Davis and um, mm. the other fella. I, I, I mean, bloody outside was kicking in already. I, the other fella whose name escapes me. But um, mm. yeah, it, it's. It's just he always seems. His decision making doesn't seem to be that great. Um, and, you know, we've again, we've touched on this on the blog, and yes, strikers should be selfish, but. There just seem to be times where you're you're thinking pass, pass, mm. pass, pass. Oh, you've lost the ball. Brilliant. But I, I wonder whether is that because he's a young, because he is still you know relatively young. He's at a, a 
vertical commas, big club. He, he's trying, you know, he's he's up against names like Torres, and he was up against names like Drogba. He feels the pressure to make an impact, and that tends to, you know, to tighten him up, to tense him up, to make him, but you, you would, know, you would think that if, if he if he had a half, you know, like at Bolton where he was more or less, you know was given a run in the team if he was given a run of, of half a dozen games at Chelsea would, would it be any different I doubt it I mean there are yeah, selfish I mean... players but they deliver I mean Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was selfish mm. but the, he would you know he wouldn't pass but he would strike the ball with such yeah. velocity but he came to us an experienced player who who, yeah. who knew where he was in the world my, my point is is that Sturridge isn't isn't that finished article and would would he benefit from having the trust and, and having a go and having you know if Torres is doing so little as far as people are concerned then and you made the comment Mark you know we're playing with 10 men then if you put Sturridge in for 3 or 4 games what are you losing I, I, I would agree in the sense that you know if, if, if Sturridge was smart surely it's, it's not going to be too difficult to dislodge Torres from the team at this precise moment in time. I'm, I mean, I'm guessing here. And yeah, but Di Matteo and um, Eddie Newton are not stupid. I mean, they must know that Torres is not delivering, mm. and yet they can't bring themselves they to drop it. Yeah. Well, maybe they're not. I, you still wonder about, you know, they're not. You say they're not stupid, they certainly aren't, and perhaps they're aware, you know, a la Mourinho with Shevchenko and so on, that. They have to have a bloody good reason. You know, they're probably in, I hate to say this, but they're probably sitting there thinking, well, you know, a bit of a calf strain would, would be useful at this point in time. You know, have him out of the team for a few games, get someone else in, see how they go. You know, for a man who spent so many seasons racked with injury, he's now proving enormously durable, <laughs> just when we probably wanted, you know, only a minor muscle strain. I don't wish ill on anyone, but you do wonder whether that sort of situation is occurring, where they're thinking, go on, Bennett, when's he going to pull up at the old hamstring? Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't completely lost faith in him, because like you, JD, I, I don't ever want to, you know, I, I don't like to if they're wearing a Chelsea shirt, I, I tend to forgive them everything, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, but I, I would, um, I'm feeling a little, you know, worried that it's it's just not quite ever going to happen. You know, I would I, I would add, and I, I, I think I've opined on this before, but if if Torres had cost us seven and a half million quid for my axe, we would we wouldn't even be having this conversation anymore. We'd have written him off, or he'd have already gone. Um, the simple fact is, is, is that the very large pachyderm in the room is, is the fact we paid Liverpool 50 million quid for him and, and they're basically laughing. They're not laughing as loudly as they could have been um, in the sense they spent 35 million quid of that on Andy Carroll, which, you know, as, as decisions go, it, it's... It, it, Why not get him then? Particular, on that particular, no, no, no. On that, listen, on that particular heady day yeah. in January, where you know club chairmen were, yes. you know, clearly waving money about, and um, you know, one was in need of a striker, having just lost one, and Mike actually sat there rubbing his hands together, thinking, bingo. Um, but I, I just, I just think that there's, it's taking an awful lot for people to admit that it just hasn't worked, and I think they'd be admitting it a lot quicker. 
if we hadn't shelled out you know an, an enormous record-breaking amount of money to a to a team that you know the animosity has been growing in them in recent years since we've been successful um i just, I just think that the debate wouldn't even be being had now if it wasn't liverpool and it wasn't 50 million quid mm. personally and, and andy carroll as, a, as an option, um, you know, he's, no, I don't he's think doing so. all right with Newcastle, wasn't he? he? You know, you want he, you, you could say uh, he's in the kind of drug mold, rather big, bustling, and, and whatever. So is Lukaku. What do you mean, Lukaku? By, by, by all, you look at, you're by all accounts, sort of Jelovic type. You know, Everton managed to get hold of someone like Jelovic. They're not a big signature signing, but they're. You know, if as, as Mark was pointing out, we spent a lot of money on on Oscar. We, we've got Hazard, and you've got Mata there. We've also still got Marin. We've we've got uh, Moses. Uh, De Bruyne is still, you know, playing away there at Werder Bremen and doing well by doing, all accounts. Well, yeah. And you know, hopefully, we'll come in and and so you've got all this talent lined up. Perhaps we don't need well, this is the signature striker. You know, well, perhaps we just thing. need one or two good, solid strikers who can, you know get that ball and make something happen. They don't have to be the world's best striker because they're going to get, you know, an amount of service. Hernandez is, is, is a good player. I'm, I'm not decrying that. But if he wasn't at United, would he be scoring the goals he is? He's getting, you know, he gets in the positions, they get the ball to him. You know, there's other other strikers at, uh, shall we say, lesser clubs in inverted commas, getting in the positions and no one gets the ball to them. So they don't get the goals. We're just looking for someone with a bit of nous who can link up the play, get to the near post. You know, when the ball goes to the near post, Torres is always at the far post. When the ball goes to the far post, he's always somewhere else. You know, that's not necessarily his fault. We just need that player who has that instinct, who can tie in with the players that we've got providing it. And, you know, uh, I, I take, of course, Mark is right, you know, because we've spent big money before doesn't mean we shouldn't spend money on Falcao and I'm, he may be a great success I, I'm just sitting here rehearsing the role of the of the average football fan who can only think in terms of, of curses, luck and uh, you know read the runes and, and the tea leaves you know and just thinking back to all the number nines that we've hailed as the next great one and and strangely we, you know, we all say, oh, we need the next Peter Osgood, we need the next Kerry Dixon, we need the next this and that. Drogba was probably here for a couple of years before it actually dawned on us that we'd got, you know, the next big one. You know, they tend to come in and we don't even realise they're here until they've started doing the business. And sometimes they're almost out the door before we know what we've got. You know, how many people were that happy with Crespo? Yet once he'd gone, we realised, yeah, we yeah, have a player here, you know. I don't know. No, unquestionably. Well, I think the, the thing is, you know, as, as as the likes of, you know, the Yelovichs, the Deb Bars, there's any number of strikers that are, are lurking around that are clearly, you know, we these are players we must be aware of. Mm. And, you know, we're not going for them, you know. Hey, I do, we don't... None of us between us know exactly how the, um, how the business of scouting works at Stamford Bridge, but it just seems that the, the big name is is all um, yeah. in that that particular position. You know, we, I mean, we spent twenty million quid on was it twenty million quid on Lukaku? Yeah, you know, as a nineteen-year-old or whatever. Who, 
to be fair, he's, he's still he's, he's still younger than Josh McEachern yeah. by about a month. So I'm not writing him off. I'm not writing him off. No, I'm no, just no. saying that you know what club spends twenty million pounds on a nineteen year old in any position. You know we spent that sort of money, mm. and you almost think if he'd been a defender or a midfield player. Would we spend it? You know, I know he was eighteen or something when we bought him. You know, it's mm. there, there seems to be this thing about you know chucking the big quids at uh, at the number nine. Uh, you know, and a nation that probably spent most of their money on you know in years gone by. I think number tens and number sixes were the were the fags that everyone smoked, weren't they? Number nines were never did. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we're sort of making up for that by spending an equivalent amount of money from one football club on the number nine. It's just uh, bring Paul Furlong, bring him back for a couple. He can he can yeah, do a job for a few weeks. I'm see sure us through the end of the season. But you know, this it's like we were again opining on the blog today. But you know, you've got the likes of Hunterlar lurking around. Who you know, it's a few million quid. It's got to be worth a punt. And famous last words. Surely he can't really do much worse than we're doing at the moment. You know, he's, he's proven now in two leagues, you know, done not done particularly well in another two. Surely it's sort of worth a pump. Mm. Who knows? But um, bring back Johnny Spencer, the last man in football to know it was raining. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, Ma- I think Marin, Marin has taken over that mantle. Has he? I think so. <laughs> Actually, we are we are heading back towards that sort of Spencer Peacock wise type of team, aren't we? In that, you know, when it comes, when the rain starts falling, we're the last team to know. You know <laughs> sort of. yeah. Well, apparently Falcao's only about an inch taller than Messi, anyway. So, you know, we're talking about another short ass up front. Yeah. Um, can we have less of that? I mean, otherwise, I'm going to get a little bit upset here. <laughs> you know what I mean? We are talking about you do have your very own vertically challenged person. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll, pl- we'll play you at left black, Tony. You'll be fine. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're not really, you're not really, you're not really a short person, are you, Tony? It's just I'm not really got, any good at football you, either. <laughs> you've got, you've got normal legs. It's just a short body, isn't it? Absolutely, That's, yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. we're not talking about you. We're talking about people with with short legs. <laughs> it's, it's different. You're, you're genuine short ass, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Um, As opposed to your faux short ass, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, your faux witty postmodern <laughs> short ass. <laughs> it's it's sort of it's it's kind of difficult. Obviously, we can't really round this up in the sense that either Torres and or Sturridge will be out there on um, on Saturday when we take on West Brom. Um, I t- is presumably Lukaku is not allowed to play. No, he wouldn't be. I don't think. I would imagine, which um, which just leaves us with with Shane Long to contend with, or Peter um, Roden Wingy. Bless you. Well, he's, he's 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 been knocking a few goals in, hasn't he? Yeah, no, I, that's the thing. But then they keep him on the he, he, like he he played really well the other week, and then he was on the bench at the weekend. So it's yeah. uh, well, Steve Steve Clark seems not to be too sure of. Mm. You know, he seems to play Shane Long, whatever, and then Lukaku and Odomingo. You know, I'm sure there are people what fellow West follow West Brom could enlighten us as to what all this is about, but. But good luck to Steve Clark. He's doing well. Yeah, no, he is. It seems to be working out for him, which is uh, good. He was always, um, I always remember Mourinho saying, you know, you don't need to worry about replacing me. Steve Clark will do the job. Mm. Yeah. Which is, um, 
is an intriguing thought. And, you know, the fact he's got West Brom up to fifth at the moment. It wasn't a bad, it was a fairly smart move. Eh? It was quite a cute move by him because really, you know, West Brom have been, you know, in a sort of tidy, quiet way, just getting themselves established in the division, getting a decent group of players together. You know, and he sort of had, uh, Roy was there doing whatever he was doing. Obviously, De Matteo had been there and not done too badly. And there was well, someone, there, um, it's, someone it's, in, you know, they, I can't remember his name, Jeremy Peace, their chairman. He's just, he seems to have done a very, very smart job mm. um, in terms of since, you know, he's been there for, you know, 10 years or so. Um, and just, you know, he seems to have done a very good job. You know, they got back up into the Premier League and, um, and he's, you know, they've kept them there and they just seem to have, have gone from strength to strength. And he's not sort of, you know, kind of your Dave Whelan, mouth almighty chairman that's always no. in the media. He just seems to have gone about his um, his business very well. They seem a very well-run club. You know, they've picked some decent coaches and, um, and they've got some good players there. And Yeah, fair play to them. And that's, you know, that's our opponents for um, for, for Saturday. And sacked, sacked uh, a future winner of the Champions League you know they can say they can always say he wasn't good enough for us he may have done for that shower down in London <laughs> but he wasn't up to snuff here no, they've always got that to say as well yeah. that's very true um, I think we've, we've probably rambled sufficiently yeah, I think there's just one more important item of news that I feel again because the BBC is about to be shut down and it's, it's up to us to provide too. a public service um, you you want to keep the 23rd of November next year free right. and you want to start saving your money um, <clears throat> because you've got to be at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville on that particular night right. because that will be the last concert the last gig that George Jones ever plays. So that's just been announced. So there you go. I've given you fair warning. George Jones. Um, do, do, I don't the country oh, legend. Yeah, oh, for yeah. God's sake. I'm Fate. glad you asked that. Drinker, piss head. <laughs> Drinker, the finest voice in country music. Drinker, piss head. Um, famously, wasn't he married to... Um, he was Grace. To Tammy Winnett, wasn't he? Tammy Winnett, yes. Oh, it wasn't Grace Jones then. No, oh, no, sorry. no. no. I, I just... She's not related in any way, shape or form. Really, When you what the BBC don't do, and that is look at a picture of him, it'll become obvious why. Yeah, OK. <laughs> get yourself a picture uh, of Grace well, Jones and George only, Jones. It's only because I did get my, my lawyer to, to check into my family history and find out if there was any way I was related to Danny Glover. And uh, <laughs> it, turns, it turns out I'm not. <laughs> so you know, surprisingly, there will there will be those. Danny Glover was quite tall, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah, that's that's done that one. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, one. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I, it's obviously you know you are just heathens, but there will be people out there to whom that will be a, a significant piece of news that they will be acting on. So there you go. Oh, are we packing up soon then? Because I've got to leave. Yeah. To, I've got to get to West Brom in the near future. <laughs> it's a very good point. Well, yeah, it's. Um, have you booked? Have you booked a Sherpa to take you up to that altitude? Because it is obviously the highest ground. It's the highest ground in the UK. Yeah. No, but I am um, going into a um, pressurisation chamber on Friday just to get myself ready for it. Well, depressurisation. Very wise. Very wise. <laughs> um, 
so West West Brom, Juventus, and um, and then City. I suspect we will probably reconvene after Manchester City, which is on the day of my birthday. I would hasten to add, if anyone wants to buy me a drink, they're more than welcome to do so. Um, see, that's public service, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Um, did, you, did you want to make a contribution to your double glazing instead? Well, you know, it, it would be useful. Um, double glazing, frankly, is not cheap these days, as I can, I can bear witness. But, um, you know, yeah, if anyone wants to throw a quid or two into the pot. I mean, do you, you want to just, while, while we're here and, you know, talk is cheap, do you want to give us a quick run through of how the windows are progressing? Well, I'm you, sure, know, you know, there, there are people who tune into the podding shed to hear about anything other than football. football and uh, I think I, windows I, would be the thing that they'd really be in. I'm sure. Well, yeah, you know, frankly, you know, the, the double glazing units in our living room, they're, they're blown. You can see gaps. It's not, it's not a pretty sight. They need replacing, so, you know, yeah. I'm open. If there are any double glazing salesmen listening who are prepared to, um, to do a bit of a deal for a mention on the podding shed of your, um, of your esteemed company, I'm sure we can work out a deal. I think using the term double glazing salesman and hoping for anyone to act out of the goodness <laughs> of their heart, with apologies to those who yeah. genuinely are making a living, it's, you know... I can sense you don't feel too keen about it. It's obviously your wife that's pressurising, but what I would say is just try and delay it and say you're only allowed to transfer the windows in January, and if you miss that window, you've got to wait another year. <laughs> It's a legal requirement. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very valid point, I would say. Uh, a bit, a bit like, uh, a bit like Chelsea. I can see that you're concerned about plugging all those gaps, but you know, yeah. we just convince her that we've got to soldier on and be brave. You know, you I just finished that coughing fit off, Mike. Um, it's a very valid point. Um, I think a window update as we move through the season. I think, I, that, I think, yeah, I think that's something that will keep you know our our listenership of one coming back on a weekly basis. He'll, he'll be a happy camper, I've no doubt. Gents, on that note, I thank you again, as always. Um, we shall reconvene in a, in a week and a bit, and um, we'll try and get back on schedule for Sundays, because Sundays seem to work. And <laughs> yes. It seems to make people happy to, to listen to our dulcet tones on a Monday for Indeed. whatever reason. I have no idea, but we shall see. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I mean, I think the Lord made Sundays for things like the podding shed, didn't he? Yeah, that's what Moses told me anyway. (laughs) Can we end it? (laughs) It's finished. It's just get out while we're going. Gents, thank you as always. Good night. Good evening. Good Good evening. Good night.